you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone kept positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy Hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Welcome. 
You're listening to Women's Magazine here on Mutiny Radio.fm in San Francisco's Mission District. I'm Global Val. Thanks so much for tuning in to listen today. Uh, first, I want to give a big shout out to uh, all of my students from around the world. I'm really lucky I get to work with all these really cool international people from all over the all over the world. Um, Brazil, Turkey, Japan, Taiwan, Thailand, um, Colombia, Chile, um, Belgium, uh, Spain, Korea, if I didn't say Korea. Um, And uh, it's really cool to be able to... um, you know, connect with people from around the world right here in San Francisco. So I want to send all my love out to you all and um, especially Leonardo today who reminded me that it's a a good idea. So um, yes, know that you guys, I appreciate you and I'm so glad you came to experience life here in San Francisco and I hope you have a good weekend. Oh, remember this weekend is Beta Breakers on Sunday. So that crazy street festival that they, you know, that's been a a race essentially in the morning. But if you go out there, remember to be safe, look out for one another, uh, try not to get too lost in the crowd and uh, drink water. Anyhow, folks, I'm so glad you joined me here today, this Friday. It is May 18th, 2018. And what an interesting planet we live on. Um, If you've been following the news, um, Kilauea, the volcano on the big island of Hawaii, has been erupting for about two weeks and it has been steadily increasing. Uh, It's, well, it's, I don't know if we'd call it violence, um, but it's it's activity. Um, There was a, a an eruption yesterday on Thursday, sending ash 30,000 feet into the air. Um, The lava is flowing. The island is growing. And I think it just really helps to um, humble us all um, on this planet that we do share uh, to know the the power of nature. Um, You know, earlier this week, we had a, a little earthquake here rumble through the Bay Area. It wasn't too big. It was three point something. Um, but it was definitely felt. Uh, was, Epicenter was in Piedmont and Oakland in the East Bay, but it was felt in San Francisco here and also up in Marin. So all throughout the Bay Area, you know, we live on the San Andreas Fault and the Hayward Fault. Um, so, you know, much respect to nature. And, um, and also it's a good reminder that we be um, gentle uh, with our human activities. Um, when we think about how we're going to build, you know, bigger cities or how we're going to try to, um, you know, disrupt the nature that's there in order to put human needs first. Um, I think we need to, you know, give ourselves, take, take a pause and, um, you know, know that we're, we're all part of this living, breathing planet. Um, and what's best for us is sometimes not best for the whole system. Um, so I want to read you a poem. Um, this is a poem that I wrote a few couple months back, probably in March or February. And it's also the poem that I read at Poems Under the Dome this year at City Hall for National Poetry Month celebration. And it's a one last note about it. It's a poem that I wrote when I woke up one morning something in my dream led me to write this. So um, this is going out to everyone out there who is, uh, you know, within just to everybody out there. And of course, lots of um, love and um, we wish safety for all the folks who are being displaced and evacuated from the big island of Hawaii. May art spark forth from you as if forged by the burrowing of a god, come to mine your depths. And the flare of its dynamite and lanterns send up heat to carry through your being until you are bleeding or weeping, trails of which now forming the beds of rivers and the alchemy of minerals streaking through the hidden hills, fortified yet fluid. Culverts catch the torrents and the errant drops that fall after all the smoky clouds have broken and the silt of the volcanic explosion returns to be culled and counted as among the source of things. 
I'm Global Val. Thanks for joining me today on Women's Magazine. I'm going to play some music for you from our friends. Very cool band called Bicicletas por la Paz. That's Bicycles for Peace. If you ever go to one of their live shows, it's really exciting. And sometimes they have electric bicycles set up so that you can actually ride the stationary bicycles, which is then charging the, uh, the electricity for the stage. So you're like part of the band because you make the microphones and the amplifiers work and the speakers. Um, so Bicicletas por la Paz are an international crew. They're multilingual um, and they're lots of fun and have great energy. And that's what we need on this planet. So here is a song from Bicicletas por la Paz off of their album called Coco Avenges. And the song is called Standing Rock featuring Nate Bald. Bicicletas por la Paz, laying it down for real about standing rock. Much love to the water protectors and everyone who looks out for each other um, and our natural resources. So, mini wachoni, water is life. Let's not forget it. You're listening to Women's Magazine here, Mutiny Radio.fm, San Francisco, and it's so great to be here on a Friday afternoon here in the Mission District. And remember, you can come down. We have a an open mic starting at 3 o'clock this afternoon, the Common Thread Collective, welcoming all cool folk to come down and do, your, do their thing. So we're at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets, 2781 21st Street. And yeah. So um, we are still in the midst of election season dun 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 uh there'll be the june 5th day of voting uh if you have not yet registered to vote you can do so online register to vote.ca.gov but this is also the first year that if you forget to register to vote or update your voter registration information you can actually go to san francisco city hall if that's your city or 
whatever the local central um, election uh, offices in your in your town or in your county and um, register to vote the day of the election. This is a first in California. So if you have been putting it off, if you just simply forgot, or if you're just sitting there going, man, what does voting have to do with anything? Why should I even vote anymore? Hey, you know what? Just think about if you, what happens when you don't vote and when people don't vote. Um, anyhow, I, I really believe, I truly believe um, that we're at a turning point in our, in our democratic process in in our democracy in our country um especially this year um after a year and a half of having this current president in office um people and even before that when bernie sanders was running um and encouraging other people to run and now with the with the new burgeoning uh women's movement um i really uh, i see that other people new people who never thought about running for office before are stepping up stepping in putting themselves into the race and out there and um i really see a shift coming and i think that we're getting past the the um partisan politics of just the the two party system rather um I think we're moving beyond that. Um, I think there's a lot more folks who don't identify with either of the major parties uh, and who are trying to redefine, um, you know, what it means to be a representative and the types of values that they want to bring into office and uh, the way that they want to do it. Um, a lot of these new people who are running are, you know, brand new uh, to uh, to this and you know, don't want there to be the, um, the corporate donation super PAC aspect about running for an elected office. Um, so there's a lot of grassroots campaigns happening right now. And, uh, I think we're going to see some big changes. So remember, um, this June 5th here in San Francisco, we're voting for mayor. Uh, we're voting for several of the judges, um, and also for, uh, a handful, a healthy handful of propositions. Uh, California, uh, more propositions, not too many this time, just five. Um, and we're also voting for um, the uh, state, uh, what is it, the state, uh, not the Attorney General of California. Um, I should I should know this, I should have this in front of me. Um, but, but we're also voting, it's the governor primary election, so, um, that means that you get to vote for someone who you want to be on the November ballot for governor. Um, and the, the, the top two people, top two vote getting folks for uh, the, on the June 5th um, governor race uh, does not become the governor, but they go on to be on the November ballot where we'll have a final vote for governor. Um, so lots, so many things to keep track of. Uh, I, I've been trying to help you out uh, with my election season coverage. If you want to go to my website, which is globalval.blogspot.com, globalval.blogspot.com. Um, if you go right there, you'll see the links to all the different shows that I've been able to host here at Mutiny Radio, both on Women's Magazine and as part of the Common Thread Collective. I've interviewed three of the uh, major candidates for mayor, uh, Angela Alioto, London Breed, and Amy Farrell Weiss. Um, we've also spoken with a few folks who are running for U.S. Congress, uh, Barry Herman, who's running on the Green Party ticket, Shahid Buttar, who's running in, um, independently, and also uh, Ryan Kojaste, who's running independently as well. They're all competing to run against Nancy Pelosi in November. So that is also a primary, and that's going to be uh, here in San Francisco. That's a District 12 in the state of California run. Um, we've also spoken with Josh Jones, who is the uh, front running candidate for the Green Party for governor of California. So um, lots of interesting people uh, out there and um, trying to engage with the public and uh, trying to make a difference in one way, shape or form. So um, yeah, election season, what do you know? So it feels like it's always happening in San Francisco. <laughs> 
Um, but I want to give you, again, an, a little rundown of the local San Francisco propositions, the ballot measures that are here in June that we're voting on. Uh, the first one is a regional measure uh, throughout the Bay Area. It's called Regional Measure 3 and is a transportation bill um, So or proposition. And so... Um, it would help to finance a comprehensive suite of highway and transit improvements um, through an increase of tolls on the region's seven state-owned toll bridges. That does not include the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, it would be a $3 increase, but over the next six years, and it would uh, facilitate and fund uh, various transportation improvement projects in nine Bay Area counties. So all nine Bay Area counties are voting on regional measure three. Um, and if it passes, then, um, then that toll increase will begin. Uh, Proposition A in San Francisco is a charter amendment. Um, this is to expand, uh, authorize the SF uh, Public Utilities Commission to issue revenue bonds for power facilities when approved by an ordinance receiving two-thirds votes of the Board of Supervisors. Um, it's basically to expand clean, uh, clean power um, into new developments um, and uh, different areas of, of energy production uh, like solar and wind. It does not uh, include nuclear power. It actually does not allow that to, to go forward. Um, so that is uh, Proposition A, a new uh, clean water and clean uh, power facilities. Proposition B is another charter amendment here in San Francisco, basically saying that most appointed commissioners who are serving on commissions in San Francisco, um, if they were to decide to run for an office while they are a seated commissioner, that they would have to step down from the commission in order to run their campaign. Um, there is no money involved here. It is a measure being put forward to try to uh, stamp out the temptation of corruption. Because imagine if you are on the planning committee and you get to make these big decisions and the folks who are coming in to uh, appeal to the planning committee for whatever or commission for whatever project they want to do. Well, maybe if you're the commissioner, you say, well, you know, I am running for uh, you know state uh, assembly members. So maybe you'd like to donate to my campaign. Oh, look, you know what? I really like your projects, you know, rubber stamp. So it's, it, it's designed to try to um, remove that temptation and make commissioners choose whether or not they want to sit on the commission or run for office and to step down from their commission should they choose to run for office. It does not apply to every single commission in San Francisco, um, but a vast majority of them. Um, so that's Prop B. Um, Prop C and Prop D are kind of competing for the same revenue source. Um, they, they both would establish a commercial uh, rent receipts tax. Uh, Prop C, that tax would be 1 to 3.5%. Um, and then Prop D, it would be 1.7%. Um, the difference being that Proposition C would finance um, childcare and early childhood education, um, whereas Prop D would fund housing and homelessness services. Um, so the weird connection here, uh, they're vying for the same uh, money source, um, a commercial rents receipt tax. Um, and But Prop C for the childcare one, uh, it only requires a simple majority to pass, whereas Prop D needs 66% um, to pass. If they both pass, this is one of those weird poison pill ones, if they both pass, then whichever uh, proposition got the higher number of votes, like a count of votes, wins. So kind of Prop D, if they win, they'll probably have more uh votes anyway because they need 66 percent so it's, make your decisions you want you know do you want to fund early childhood education and, and child care um or do you want to do, fund housing and homelessness services so prop c and d uh, proposition E, you've probably seen a lot of commercials on television uh, coming out against Proposition E. Um, those, those opposition campaign commercials are funded by the tobacco company R.J. Reynolds because Proposition E um, is to uphold a unanimous vote 
that was taken last year by the uh, Board of Supervisors to ban certain flavored tobacco products from being sold in the city and county of San Francisco. Um, this was designed to help um, prevent kids and teenagers from um, starting smoking um, because a lot of these products actually package themselves into boxes that look like well-known candy brands and very, you know, almost barely give away what's inside. It literally looks like a box of candy. Um, so if you're not, you know, if that's not selling to kids, I don't know what is. So anyhow, um, Board of Supervisors passed this ordinance last year. And then, um, of course, tobacco companies are not thrilled by that. They don't want to lose this market. And so they've been putting out these like anti-prohibition, um, you know, uh, commercials and, and, mailers you're beginning in your mailbox, um, you know, comparing this to prohibition of alcohol and saying that California rejects the prohibition of marijuana. So why would you support the prohibition of flavored tobacco products? Um, you know, there are some folks who, you know, for different reasons are against this. Um, you know, hookah is a, is a very, uh, is a cultural thing. Um, hookah, shisha, whatever you want to call it. Um, so certain, um, hookah tobaccos, if they're flavored, um, would also fall under this, uh, ban from being sold in the city. Um, this is not to say you couldn't go down to San Mateo and, and buy these products, but it's, you know, so prop E, um, keeps the ban in place. If you vote yes, if you vote no, you're voting against uh, that ordinance. And you're also voting with RJ Reynolds Tobacco Company, just so you know. Proposition F is the right to counsel. So this would be a fully funded by the city. Um, uh, it would f it would fully fund representation, legal representation for residents tenants who are facing eviction and, and need, um, legal, uh, legal help. Um, so obviously we have had a huge, um, overturn of people who've lived in San Francisco, a lot of them on no fault evictions and various kind of shady, uh, you know, practices on be on the part of the landlord, um, these kind of fake Ellis act evictions, um, so Proposition F would guarantee fully funded legal representation for tenants who are facing eviction in San Francisco. So that's Prop F. Um, New York City does it. They were the first ones, I guess. Um, so um, the, the people who uh, I heard speaking about it, saying that for every $1 we spend on eviction defense is a $3 savings on homelessness services. So take Prop F, if you will. That's the right to counsel. Proposition G is a parcel tax for the San Francisco Unified School District. So private properties, uh, property taxes would uh, would um, pay a two hundred and ninety eight dollar special um, property tax um, starting in June of twenty eighteen, and it's a twenty year tax. So for every year, um, and seniors over sixty five. And older and parcels designated as parking spaces are exempt from the assessment. So funds are to be allocated for salary increases for teachers and other um, school staff. And um, yeah, so it would be a 50 million, it would generate $50 million a year. 75% would go to paying the educators, 11% would go to the other staff, and the rest would go into improving technology for the schools themselves. Um, more on the administrative uh, teacher side of those things, um, not necessarily the classroom technology. Um, in the past two years, San Francisco has lost 1,200 teachers um, because it is an unaffordable city. Um, you know, a lot of teachers actually don't like this measure because they think, because the... Um, when, they, when the teachers union was trying to bargain for raises... Um, one of the counter uh, negotiating uh, points was saying, well, let's just put Prop G. We'll support Prop G. Um, so a lot of teachers actually don't really like this measure because they, they feel like it's kind of taking power away from their union. Um, but on the other hand, uh, since the union is not actually giving them a whole lot more, um, they are starting to invest more into their uh, pension funds throughout the state of California. Um, however, if you would like to... Um, support the the teachers earning more and the staff earning more in a more immediate fashion than prop g a yes on prop g 
is for you. If not, go talk to a teacher. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you what's up. All right. Two more things. Proposition H. Now, Proposition H kind of, um, well, let me tell you what it is. It's one of those tricky ones. It's a, it's, it's a proposition that was put on the ballot long before um, any work was done about tasers uh, and the use of tasers in San Francisco by police, um, by law enforcement. So over the past year or so, the police officers, uh, the police commission... So there's two different bodies. There's a police commission and then the police officers association. So over the past year or so, um, the police commission have been holding hearings about the use of tasers. Um, uh, should San Francisco use tasers uh, as part of the, you know, cachet of, uh, well, let's call them weapons that the police would be able to use. Um, so, Although there was a lot of opposition from the public about the use of tasers, uh, warning about the danger of tasers, they they too can kill people. Um, The police officers, uh, the police commission voted to allow tasers in San Francisco. So they then began a big process of community input and, and hearings to try to establish policy around the use of tasers, which again, I will repeat, have already been approved for use in San Francisco. Now, the police officers association are the ones who put Proposition H on the ballot um, and are subsequently lying about it in their mailers. So um, basically, the police officers association wants to have all the regulations around tasers put under the umbrella of the POA thus actually nullifying all the work that the police commission and the public have been doing in order to establish best practices around the use of tasers. So um, it would be a backwards measure uh, where you, if you were to vote for Proposition H. Um, so uh, basically, uh, it's an unnecessary measure because a uh, They've already been approved in San Francisco. The police commission has already gone through a rigorous process of trying to figure out how they're going to, you know, actually use these and implement them and regulate the use of them. So um, most folks who are in the know about this would say vote no on Proposition H. So I warn you, you're in your mailbox, you will get, like I did, a mailer about Proposition H that fully lies and tries to tell you that it's about whether or not we should be able to use, police should be able to use tasers in San Francisco. That is not what Proposition H does at all. So um, don't believe the mailer. Listen to what I'm saying. Go in and do your own homework on Proposition H. Um, even the people who were protesting tasers from the beginning, uh, saying we shouldn't use them at all, are saying don't do Prop H because at least now there's some sort of practices that have been established um, for their use. So, um yeah, that mailer from the POA is a bold-faced lie. Sorry. Um, proposition, last one. Oh, God, then I'm going to take a break. Proposition I, oh, San Francisco. We love to have weird things on our, prop, on our, on our ballots that, you know, they, they don't really mean a whole lot. It's more of a declaration of policy as opposed to any sort of, you know, law or ordinance or anything like that. Um, This is just Proposition I is basically a statement of intention that the city of San Francisco will not seek to purchase um, and obtain professional sports teams from other cities, especially if those teams are in debt. So I don't, I I honestly don't know who put this on the ballot. Um, But uh, if you get behind that one, you can vote yes. Uh, If you don't care, Um, you could vote no, or you could not vote on that at all. Um, You know, I I really, as much as I I push, you know, information, try to get people to to understand what what these propositions are about um, and get, you know, encourage people to vote. Obviously, if there's something that you really, truly don't understand, maybe don't vote on that particular proposition. You know, if you don't, if you haven't really done your homework and you go to the polls and it's the first time you've opened up the voter book and you're trying to figure out what to do, 
you know, ah, I really dissuade you from doing that. Um, really try to get as much information as you can before you go vote. Um, and then decide if you actually can make a decision or not. If you feel like you can't, who says you have to vote on props A through I? Maybe you really feel strongly about a few of them. Vote on the ones that you feel strongly about, um, you know, either for or against. And um, yeah, homework. <laughs> That's going out to my students too. Do your homework. Um, lots of love. I'm Global Val. I'm going to take a break. We're going to play some more music. And it's a great Friday here at Mutiny Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, I have a cool song I'm going to play for you. It is from a band called the Troublemakers Union. And this is the anti fascist funk. Join 
is a constant struggle if you want some you got to make trouble freedom is a constant struggle if you want some you got to make trouble we're the troublemakers help us save the world 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 Yeah, yeah, the Troublemakers Union, helping everybody save the world one little bit at a time. That could be as easy as a smile, helping somebody out, open the door for someone, uh, care, show that, show patience, um, follow the, that good old golden rule, do unto others as they, you would have them do unto you. And boy, oh boy, could we use a little more of that in this world. So I know you're out there doing that in every way that you can. So I want to do a little segment here and let you know about some events that are coming, coming up. Um, well, right away, really. Um, so the first thing I want to tell you about is an event happening tonight, May 18th. Friday, May 18th from 7.30 to 9.30 in Oakland at the Omni Commons. It is the Indigenous Women's uh, Inspire the World. So um, about a month or so ago, there was a call put out from women um, in, uh, okay, so it's a, so the Zapatistas um, down in Mexico. Um, so these women put out a call around the world uh, on social media to try to have women show up and support them and gather. And they actually had a gathering of approximately 7,000 women from around the world, the first international gathering of women that struggle. Um, and so uh, there are people who were part of that um, who will be presenting video footage, sharing their experiences, answering questions, um, and hosting a community discussion about the gathering. Um, and that's going to be tonight at the Omni Commons in Oakland. Um, so uh, it should be a really powerful night. Indigenous women inspire the world. Uh, you can find, if you're on Facebook anymore, um, you can find that invitation, Indigenous women inspire the world. Um, also... Uh, here in San Francisco as we try to uh, connect the dots and uh, make peace and, and promote, you know, acceptance and, and understanding and an open mind. Um, the San Francisco Arts Commission is hosting um, a series of events on taking on U.S. immigration policies. So it's a new public program series um, the San Francisco Arts Commission and the Office of Community Engagement and Immigrant Affairs present public programs featuring artists whose work explores San Francisco's sanctuary city status. Um, so um, you should definitely check out sfartscommission.org and see they've got a lot of different events coming up um, that are speaking to that. Um, and I think it's really important that... Uh, that, that we pay attention to um, what's really happening in this country where we have an administration in the White House um, who is calling undocumented immigrants, quote, animals. Um, that happened this week as well. Um, very Hitler-esque. Um, some, some kind of rhetoric, same kind of rhetoric that was used... Um, in those horrible days uh, leading up to and during World War II, um, leading to the Holocaust of over 6 million Jews being killed. Um, so when we, when we look at each other in the eye, know that we all come from the same planet, 
And uh, borders, as Diamond Dave would say, are just a line on their map. So um, I like that San Francisco Arts Commission is uh, highlighting um, artists who want to bring attention and conversation um, around immigration and our sanctuary city status, um, which really... I think is is grossly mis you know misinterpreted uh, in various places and in various uh, corners and circles across the country and perhaps around the world. Um, Sanctuary City was uh, initially created so that people who may be undocumented or lapsed on their documents or have maybe they were documented and lost their documents. I don't know. So it's basically designed so that everybody in our communities can feel safe. So, for example, if there is a woman who is experiencing domestic violence, uh, but she is an undocumented immigrant, that she can go to the local police and get help as a, and, and not do it in fear of being deported or losing her children. Um, it's so that people who have emergencies um, can go to an emergency room and and get the services they need and probably pay for it, folks. It's not, oh, we're not just saying all this free things. It's just basically having the basic human right to go and get, um, you know, public health and safety services without the threat uh, looming over you of uh, also being reported to immigration authorities. Um, you know, I mean, think about if you're out there, if you have health insurance, if you don't have health insurance, or maybe you do now, but you didn't in the past, there's still a lot of people who, if you get sick or something happens, you have like a minor injury, people don't even want to go to the doctor because it's cost so much sometimes, depending on what you got going on. But that, uh, you know, let's compare that to someone who has that kind of situation, but instead of have it just be the cost that's, that's prohibiting them from seeking out help. It's also this huge overhang of fear that they might be thrown out of the country just because that they report themselves or check into some sort of facility or institution or contact local authorities for help. Even if your car got broken into and you got to call, you know, you're supposed to call the cops. I don't know if I, I would for that matter necessarily. You never know. Um, depends on what was in the car, I guess. But at the same time, like just being able to have access to services and not have the fear of deportation being something that's hanging over your head while you're trying to just go about and live your life in a, in a safe, peaceful way. So, um, you know, that's what Sanctuary City was originally intended to do. Um, it was later amended to kind of, um, and it was also um, here in San Francisco, it was, it was written so that the police, the local police would not have to cooperate with, with well, then it was the, uh, INS, the Immigration and Naturalization um, uh, Services, um, which became ICE, uh, Immigration, uh, what is it? And what's the IC? What's the, Roman, what's the C stand for in ICE? Customs, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Um, that, that started under George W. Bush after the Patriot Act, fucking Patriot Act. Um, so a lot of things were changed under the George W. Bush administration. And that was one of them. Um, and I kind of lost my train of thought trying to think of all what all these letters stand for. Um, but basically, here's what it was. Um, there was a raid on a club here in San Francisco called uh, Club Elegante. Um, so it was the N INS um, who kind of got wind that there may be people there who were undocumented. And then uh, they wanted to raid the club and they enlisted the help of the San Francisco law enforcement to do that. Um, uh, basically, effectually uh, deporting people overnight, leaving families behind, like children crying on, the, on, on their front stoops because their parents had literally been deported the night before. Um, so actually, Angela Aliotto, who's running for mayor, um, wrote and helped author the original Sanctuary City Law, um, which said that the police, local police authorities would not have to cooperate in such a raid with the INS. So, um, and also it, it led to, again, making people feel, you know, have safe access to, to um, you know, health and public safety services, um, which came under that umbrella. Um, it was later amended. Um, I believe David Campos was on this board of supervisors um, and he led the charge to amend it, which was also protecting um, people who had felonies um, 
that if they were to get arrested in San Francisco, that they would not be reported to immigration. Um, so uh, I spoke with Angel Alioto here on the Women's Magazine back on March 9th, and um, we, we talked a little bit about that. And she said that she did not agree with that amendment. She's not in, she said, you know, she's a civil rights attorney. She's not in the business of trying to protect felons. Um, she's gotten a lot of heat recently because she was talking about a proposition that she wants to put on the ballot um, that might amend the sanctuary city law. There's still a lot of confusion as to the language of of what that proposition would be, um, but it certainly sent up some some uh, people's shackles around here because um, when it comes to sanctuary city, uh, it's who it's 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 very it's a very sensitive issue here in San Francisco um, because we are trying to look out for one another and uh, you know we want to keep everybody safe. So that's. That's a little bit of that. So I'm glad that the San Francisco Arts Commission is taking on this project to um, explore that through art. Hooray. Yay, art. Okay. Uh, one more announcement. Um, and I want to thank Roman from the Weekly Review for this one. Um, they're coming up in June, June 8th through 10th is the queer women, queer women of color film festival here in San Francisco. It's going to be at the Brava theater on 24th street, right here in the mission district, just a few blocks away from mutiny radio. Um, and it's, uh, the 14th annual queer women of color film festival, and it will premiere 20 films in three screenings over three days. The festival focus is indigenous futures. Um, and so there are lots of accommodations for folks. I believe that there's actually going to be free childcare. Um, it, it you know, it's accessible. Uh, there if you're deaf or hard of hearing, there's going to be American sign language interpretation and, um, access, you know, for folks who, who may have some sort of other, uh, physical disability that helps, you know, make sure everybody can, can get to this really cool festival. Um, so you can go to festival 2018.qwocmap. So that's queer women of color media arts project, um, org. And I'm sure you could find it. And yeah, so, so many things going on. Um, so many women really stepping up. Um, I'm, I've been calling this the year of the woman all year because <laughs> I can, and this is women's magazine. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm global Val. I've just got a few more minutes here. I'm gonna play one more little ditty for you and I'll be right back to wrap up the show. Send love across the world, around the world, spin it around the planet. From me to you here from San Francisco. To everywhere this sound can go. Definitely want to send love to Gaza. It's been a very ugly week. Unarmed protesters. Palestinian unarmed protesters getting shot down by the Israeli military. Where in the world are it's a very ugly situation. Even medics have been shot as they're trying to help other people who've been shot uh, protesting. Um, so, send in love and uh, peace all around the world.
from me to you, from all of us here in San Francisco, because I'm Global Val. And the reason I'm Global Val is because I've been to more countries and states and every country I've ever been to, the people I meet, everybody wants basically the same thing. They want peace in their communities. They want access to healthy food, clean water, happiness and safety for their families and friends, a good sense of community and some joy. We can have it, and it certainly exists in the world, um, but we need to help others who are struggling to uh, have that for themselves as well. Um, We've got to, uh, yeah, open up those channels of light to counter all the dark. Uh, Real quick, I want to say congratulations to my friend, Sunny Sunshine Powers. She just got an award at City Hall this week as part of the um, San Francisco Small Business Week. Each uh, supervisor from each of the 11 districts uh, selected one local business owner, small business owner, to be honored for their work in the community, um, acknowledging the fact that over 350,000 jobs in the city of San Francisco are with small businesses. Um, So Small Business Week, uh, Sunny Powers is the proprietor of Love on Hate, right on the corner of Hate and Masonic, keeping sparkles in the hate. Um, Go and check out their super funky, uh, beautiful rainbow store of tie dye. And a lot of their things, most of their things are made in San Francisco. Um, so, uh, yeah, at least go check it out. They always have free glitter at the counter and don't forget to look up. I'll let you figure that one out. Anyhow. Um, so congratulations to Sunny. She was nominated by, um, London Breed, who is the district five supervisor. And, uh, so I went over to city hall the other day to help, uh, Sunny celebrate. And there is a, there's a, um, a statue that used to be on top of city hall prior to 1906. And it was the goddess of progress. Uh, they called her the goddess of Liberty cause that's kind of what she looked like. But, um, after the 1906 earthquake, um, she was actually still standing. Um, even though parts of city hall had fallen down and the city was, you know, in rubble and burning around her. So I try to go visit the statue when I go to city hall. And so here's a quick poem because right now they have her head on display. It's a 700 pound, like bronze head. You should go check it out. Bring me the head of the goddess of liberty and let me pick her brain. I want to dance through the circuits of her electric crown. Let me descend down her knowing nose to smell the breath of a thousand seas risen above a city. Then climb the mountain of her iris to share in her vision, to be one of her colorful children in the apple of her eyes. Let me be found a light amid the rubble while all the towers teeter. I'm Global Val. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, you know that inspiration is contagious. Peace around the world. Thank you. Stay tuned. Common Thread Collective is coming up next here on Mutiny Radio. We hope you'll join us at 21st and Florida. Peace out. I'll be back with more Women's Magazine.